Hello, this is Rich Branson. Thanks for joining the Restoration Care Podcast. This editor's commentary is my first, as I assume the role of editor-in-chief from Dean Hess. During Dean's decade as editor, the journal underwent unparalleled growth and has greatly enhanced respiratory care standing in the scientific community. I am grateful to Dean for his expertise, guidance, and humbled by the opportunity to follow him as editor. I look forward to the continued support of our outstanding editorial board and you, the readers. Together, we will chart the future of the science of respiratory care and pulmonary medicine. This month's Editor's Choice paper by Calais et al. describes the impact of a daily spontaneous breathing trial and daily sedation interruption on ICU length of stay and duration of ventilation in subjects with ARDS. Using a retrospective review over a period of 14 years and compared to a historical control, they found important reductions in ICU length of stay and duration of mechanical ventilation, an actual impressive five-day reduction. Interestingly, the average number of, of SBTs until ventilator liberation was only two. These data further confirm the importance of daily spontaneous breathing trials and sedation interruption in patient outcomes, including patients following ARDS. Musa et al. report the results of a survey regarding patient satisfaction with their portable oxygen delivery devices. This group of COPD subjects demonstrated greater satisfaction with portable liquid devices than portable concentrators. Importantly, this was also associated with an improvement in perceived mobility. These findings may represent the issues with many portable concentrators where the oxygen output can't meet the patient's demand during activity. Inhaled nitric oxide has been an important advance in critical care, but at significant financial costs when used off-label. Hughes Driscoll and colleagues evaluated a protocol for initiation and weaning of inhaled nitric oxide. In a time when nitric oxide might be overutilized, they demonstrated improved control of dose, quicker weaning of the nitric oxide, and a reduction in prolonged use. These data provide a roadmap for controlling costs without impacting safety. Bry and others reviewed home non-invasive ventilation use in obese subjects following an episode of respiratory failure. At-home follow-ups demonstrated that home NIV use was effective and well-tolerated. Not surprisingly, the most obese subjects were the most likely to receive home NIV, and adherence with regimens was associated with improved physiologic outcomes. Emergency department ventilation has been found to impact in-hospital outcomes. Al Ashri et al. report on the utilization of blood gas analysis and ventilator parameter changes during emergency department stay. They report a number of blood gas derangements, including hypoxia, hyperoxia, and hypercapnia. Interestingly, they found that ventilator parameters were often unchanged, suggesting inattention to blood gas findings in the ED. Haight-Piglou and colleagues evaluated the ability of a model to predict 30-day readmission rates at the time of discharge. This important metric is currently linked to reimbursement. They report that in a group of subjects greater than 65 years of age, their model outperformed the CMS model. Importantly, number of admissions in the previous six months, Opioid use, renal function, and coagulation disorders were key discriminators. These data can guide post-acute care treatment to correct these disorders. Sleep apnea remains a common disorder with significant logistic and economic hurdles. Bravada and others report the use of a mathematical model to describe the possible diagnostic and treatment approaches for the diagnosis and initial therapy of sleep apnea. In a theoretical cohort, their model supported approaches that diagnose and treat sleep apnea with automatic titration of CPAP. 
the major cost savings here is the being able to reduce the need for additional sleep studies. Physiologic variability is a hallmark of an intact physiologic system, while lack of variability portends dysfunction. Later, Mui and colleagues used heart rate variability to evaluate subject response to extubation in the NICU. They suggested that heart rate variability might be useful in predicting extubation failure within two hours of extubation. This should be explored in larger groups and include traditional respiratory variables as well. Recent evidence suggests maternal distress can impact allergic illnesses in children. Smedjda et al. evaluated 370 maternal child pairs and found that maternal distress increased the risk of childhood wheezing. These data could prove useful for prevention of childhood disease and maternal well-being. The gold guidelines represent the international standard for diagnosis, classification, and treatment of COPD. Physical activities of daily living are an important component of the COPD assessment test. Muneri and others report that the modified Medical Research Council dyspnea scale was more reliably able to predict these physical activities of daily living than the gold system. This may be important in classifying physical symptoms in COPD patients. Formiga and colleagues report the impact of smoking on inspiratory muscle performance. Matching smokers with non-smokers, they found that sustained maximal inspiratory pressure was lower in smokers. This may be associated with increased end expiratory lung volumes, and the author suggests that maximal MIP has a greater discriminatory ability to detect smoking-related respiratory muscle dysfunction. This month's invited review covers the important issue of rescue therapies and severe ARDS. Alessandri and colleagues represent the evidence for the use of ventilator therapies, pharmacologic treatment, positioning, and extracorporeal techniques in the face of refractory hypoxemia and ventilator failure. Finally, Becker et al. describe a literature review detailing the value proposition of respiratory therapists. Using the PRISMA guidelines, they performed a meta-analysis including 28 papers detailing cost savings associated with respiratory care. Mechanical ventilation was the most frequent topic followed by disease management. Inconsistency in study conduct precluded a meaningful outcome from the meta-analysis. This information should serve as a roadmap for researchers in the profession to conduct high-quality research that determines the value respiratory therapists bring to patient care. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and have a good holiday season. To receive the contents of this and past issues of the journal, visit our website at www.rcjournal.com. There you can also subscribe to receive podcasts of future issues. Thank you.